The United Nations Sustainable Development Goals were adopted in 2015 as a guide to create a better and more sustainable world by 2030. Since then, teachers have been using the SDGs to empower students to take action, making their world a better place. Today, we are going to talk with one of the founders of the Teach SDGs movement to find out how she uses the SDGs with her students. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Education for a Better World podcast. I'm Mike Soskal. And I'm Diane Smokorowski. Each week we will bring you conversations with some of the most dynamic thought leaders in education. This week's episode is sponsored by GoToScience, a tool that allows our youngest learners the opportunity to learn by going on adventures without leaving their classroom. We know that education will be the driving force for a bright, optimistic future. On each show, we'll introduce you to innovative ideas, we'll stretch your thinking, and help you see ways to empower your students to affect positive change in the world. We are thrilled that you are coming along with us on this journey. Let's dream big. Before we get to today's show, I'd like to remind you that you can join Diane and I on a teacher adventure to Kenya in June of 2020 by visiting bookbagtours.com. Make sure to choose the Kenya trip. Today's guest is Ada McKim, World Issues and Law Teacher in New Brunswick, Canada, and co-founder of the Teach SDGs movement. Ada, welcome to the show. Hello. Good to be here. Could you tell us a little bit about what you do up there in New Brunswick? Um, well, I teach, as you just said, world issues uh, and law at the uh, high school level. Um, and it's, it's really been a, <laughs> a journey over the last decade, um, connecting experiences with, with the wider world. You know, that's at the classroom level. I do, I do a few things um, beyond the classroom level that I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about today. So can you tell us a little bit about Teach SDGs? I know uh, from my work here in the United States, a lot of a lot of American teachers are not familiar with what the sustainable development goals are or how they were created. Absolutely. Um, in teaching world issues um, for the last decade, it used to be pretty dark for me. I felt like my students needed to know what was happening in the world and that it would be unconscionable for us to simply ignore. Um, the lives lost due to uh, drought or, or violence worldwide. And so we looked, you know, we went beyond the news, which often doesn't feature the world, and we paid attention. But I didn't feel so good at the end of classes, and I don't think that they did either, because I forgot to focus on hope. Then came across uh, an extraordinary man uh, by the name of Hans Rosling, a statistician in Sweden. Some of your listeners may remember uh, TED Talks with a, a very vibrant individual uh, tracking these uh, colorful bubbles across the screen that represented countries. And he cheered those countries on as if you were a sportscaster. And despite the fact that I taught world issues, I didn't know the trend lines because there's a big difference between an event, which we see in the news, an issue, which goes deeper, and a trend line, so that you can actually see the progress. 
And so I started to look at those trend lines and discovered the Millennium Development Goals, which spanned from 2000 to 2015, an all-nation effort to set some targets and pursue them. And, and again, the numbers were, were, were good. And so we started focusing on those. And I noticed my students being more hopeful, um, saying things like, I really enjoyed this lesson. Um, and I know I felt a lot better, you know, both as a teacher and a human being. So I was pretty excited when 2015 came around and the global goals um, were emerging as the successor to the Millennium Development Goals, spanning from 2015 to 2030. Um, they hold out some, some pretty extraordinary goals, like eliminating extreme poverty, um, which is a kind of poverty that actually doesn't exist in North America. And when uh, my students and I explored the numbers and discovered that it used to be 43% of the world in 1990, and now is under 10. You know, I feel that is the, the most impressive accomplishment of the human race, and so few people know about it. Yeah, it, it seems like uh, so much of the news coverage is negative uh, nowadays, but that is, that is one piece of data uh, that you just gave us that shows that uh, in a lot of ways the world is moving in a, in a positive direction. Yeah, absolutely. And if you know, extreme poverty is um, a difficult concept to, to, to grasp at a human level, we can simply look at the percentage of kids under the age of five um, that, that are surviving because we cut child mortality in half since the beginning of this century. So these, these are numbers that, that I wanted uh, others to know. Um, and, and I believe fundamentally that when every nation on earth comes together and puts together a hopeful uh, plan that our students have a moral obligation to, to know about them. We, we have a moral obligation to tell them about them. Um, and so that, that got me started um, along this Teach SDGs uh, journey. How do you see your students changing as their awareness to these trend lines are the exposure to that is happening? I'll tell one story. I, I tend to gravitate towards the, the macro statistics, but I don't have those for my individual classrooms. Um, but I do have this one girl who three years ago, she approached me at lunch. She was someone who suffered from significant anxiety issues, missed a lot of time. And she came up to me at lunch one day, the first time she ever had, and, and, and said, Ms. McKim, can, can we talk? Um, I said, absolutely. You know, what can I do for you today? And, and she said, I'm really, I'm really upset. And I just, I, I wanted to talk to you about those statistics you shared with us the other day about the world. You know, I want to feel a little bit better about the world again. And, and, and we spent the rest of the lunch hour talking numbers. And this was a student that, that really wouldn't be considered um, an academic, but I guess, you know, every student can be considered an academic once they find something they're interested in. Um, and, and it was the best lunch hour I think I've had in my entire career. Um, I, have, uh, I have many stories uh, similar to that at an individual level. Um, and, and some of my own data suggesting kids like my course more. And, and feel more hopeful. You know, I have a belief that all of us are connected to the wider world in some ways that perhaps we humans don't even understand. And when uh, we are convinced that the world is falling apart, it affects us at an emotional level, at a spiritual level. And uh, since the numbers actually are pretty uh, great, I mean, that's not to say the problems are gone and that we should stop talking about them. Of course not. But 
these are things we need to know. I love that. You know, Mike, um, here where we read the news and you, it's, it's seen, it's shared, that it's very dark or they attempt to play on the darkness in order to build, you know, viewership. The fact that we have students looking at facts where the world is moving in better places and that they themselves can be a part of that movement, that just brings me hope as well. What do you say, Mike? Yeah, so I've, I've seen this play out in my classroom. Uh, you know, it, within my fourth and fifth grade science classroom, we do a lot of projects where my students look at the learning that happens in school and they try to apply it to problems outside. What's happened when I've overlaid the sustainable development goals on top of uh, on top of that process in my classroom, as that kids have made connections that they otherwise wouldn't have made. So for example, last year, uh, my students were looking at uh, building aquaponics units uh, where food was grown with fish out of recycled materials. And they were really focused on the recycled materials part of that project. But when they started digging into those sustainable development goals to look at what the applications were, they found that those units used 90% less water and that that had applications to other societies around the globe that were in drought. And through a call with, uh, with students in Malawi, they realized that that wasn't just an abstract application, that there were actually uh, these group of students in Malawi who were going through famine and drought uh, because of climate change, where the recycled units could, could have real application. Uh, and so the designs are right now being implemented in Malawi in order to do that. That that application never would have been found if it wasn't for digging into the sustainable development goals. Ada, have you, have you seen those kinds of connections being made with, with teachers who are using the SDGs? I, I have the extraordinary honor of running the Teach SDGs Twitter account. So I follow the hashtag daily and it, it has been um, a great daily boost for me over the last couple of years. I, I honestly could not have dreamed that what four of us uh, sought to accomplish has, has grown into a movement um, that, that has captured the attention of so many educators worldwide. You know, I had, I had an education leave two years ago and I, you heard me sing the praises of the Sustainable Development Goals and I, I just wanted to find a group of teachers who were trying to get these extraordinary resources and this plan into the classroom. And I, I did some digging and I couldn't find that group. And um, I reached out to an assistant secretary general at the United Nations and, and he didn't know of such a group. And so I, I ended up uh, with Amy Rosenstein, someone who I'd worked with on a previous project connecting with students in, in Uganda. You know, she and I went to the UN in this, in this corner office is, you know, that, that, that's my holy land. That's, that's, the, <laughs> the, the, that's the place where it happens. And, and, and there we were sitting with this extraordinary man, Thomas Gass. And, uh, he, he wanted to cut through some red tape. We, we said, look, we can, we can build a team of teachers um, if you open the door for us and give us some opportunities. Two days later, it was a global educator conference in Philadelphia, um, and that's uh, where Jen uh, Williams and, and Francia Cusa came in. And then we just started to recruit teachers who were connected and, and to just say that these goals connect to every curriculum at every grade level um, and that the benefits are um, in, incalculable. And it's gone, it's gone well. So I, I do see a lot of those stories. 
on a daily basis and, and they give me even more hope. And I love that you said it, every curriculum, every grade level, first graders, kindergartners, seniors, people doing high school career and technical education classes. It does not matter what one teaches, it just matters how you use the content to make a bigger impact on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. So Ada, can you tell us a little bit about, um, I know that Teach SDGs has turned into this uh, incredible resource for teachers around the globe. Can you tell us a little bit about those resources and where teachers can find them? Oh, sure. That's one of my favorite things to tweet. Uh, the, uh, the, the Teach SDGs toolkit, uh, if, if you will, um, which is our pinned tweet um, on, on our Twitter account. The world's largest lesson was um, the first resource that I really wanted teachers to see. Um, before Teach SDGs began, I knew they were producing extraordinary work. Um, their lesson plans are top notch. Um, the Global Goals YouTube channel, um, part of Project Everyone, which is where a lot of the advertising money came for getting the Global Goals out there. Because the United Nations sadly um, doesn't have a big budget to uh, communicate what it is that they do, which is really sad. Um, but Project Everyone came in and those videos are so emotionally impactful. I mean, you guys as educators know that you need, you need to touch on emotions if you're really going to engage students. Um, and the videos are short and, and often packed with celebrities who themselves are well informed about the um, I believe we need to have these live one-to-one -one conversations across borders. So uh, we like to recommend Empatico. Um, Empatico has uh, recently aligned a, a few of their brilliant lessons uh, to the Sustainable Development Goals, um, which is something we have seen other education organizations do uh, participate, for example. Um, our world in data shows those trend lines uh, along with uh, Gapminder. Um, and the uh, Teaching the Sustainable Development Goals course that Microsoft made about a year after Teach SDGs started um, in collaboration with World's Largest Lesson and Teach SDGs. It's a one hour course, um, teachers get those badge points. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent, excellent one hour course. And anybody wondering where to start, certainly we would point you to Teach SDGs as a, as a portal to, to extraordinary educators and these resources. But that Microsoft course is, is a good starting point. I love that. There's a nice variety to help teachers get started because I, I, I would guess that tools like the YouTube channel is a nice place to at least help build awareness for students and then transition perhaps over into the trend lines and then see where students' passions take them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the videos are cool. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're so well made and it really grabs, I always start with that with those videos. If I am, if I'm your average teacher that has never heard of the sustainable development goals, the idea of having my students change the world is such a big, um, overwhelming concept. How would you recommend looking at how this fits into my curriculum? We know that, that the most precious resource for teachers is time uh, and that they are always worried about how to fit something new into their curriculum. Uh, what, would, what would a good starting point for looking at how to incorporate this into your classroom be? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And although let's change the world is, as you say, this giant concept, it also happens to be something that almost every teacher says. You know, it, it is something we all communicate to our young people. 
And one of my uh, favorite quotes to tweet, uh, Michael, is actually yours, in which we say it's, it's, it's hard to change the world when, when you don't know much about it. And it's, it's, it sounds so simple and obvious, and yet um, I, I feel and fear that, that many of us uh, avoid the wider world, partly because it may not be explicitly written into our curriculum, and partly because it's uh, perceived to be so scary and dark out there. And although there are so many sad stories, and I understand um, the desire to uh, avoid it, going back to those those trend lines, um, and also I, I do my, I do have to say that in some nations it is politicized the idea of looking to the broader world. And a teacher might feel like uh, it, it could make parents uncomfortable to talk about life in other countries or to talk to students in other countries. Um, and I, I, I do feel we need to, uh, as educators, uh, push through any political discomfort um, when something is so moral, morally imperative. So that's my, my first quick message is always this is something we really do need to do. Um, but to the issue of uh, time, I'm very, very sensitive to that as an educator. And I used to work for, uh, as a volunteer with our uh, teachers union up here in uh, New Brunswick, Canada. This is what I talked about the most because teachers are asked to do far too much to live a sustainable lifestyle themselves um, with their families. So I, I made a pledge years ago that I would never try to get teachers to add something to their plate. Um, that, that, you know, that's the role of perhaps governments and administrators that, that, that just don't know how many hours are involved in, in creating the lessons and marking the lessons and <laughs> caring for our students as individuals. So I, I do not see the sustainable development goals as another thing to, to add to the plate. Um, I see the kind of projects that they spawn as a way for a teacher maybe to lecture a, a little less and have to discipline students less as well. Um, because we all know that when, when students are more engaged and they see the, the importance of the work on a global level, you may not have to deal with as, as uh, many behavior problems. Um, and, and finally, the fact that the, the resources are so extraordinary and, and, and so widely available and completely free uh, means that your lesson planning is actually done for you. Um, and that's, that's across all age levels. Um, look to uh, Parlay Ideas, for example, a company out of Toronto um, that has, uh, you know, I, I got to work with them over the summer to produce um, 17 in-depth lesson plans that work at the high school level. Um, the, Goals were a bit thin when it came to resources for you know, 16, 17 year olds. Um, the, the, the lesson plans are there. So it's, it's not something that's going to take more time. Um, and it is something that is going to engage your students and make you feel like um, you're, you're stretching your impact uh, more widely than ever before. And, and as, as an educator, that, that makes me feel good at the end of the day. 
Yeah, that's a fantastic answer. And especially because you, um, you quoted one of the co-hosts of the podcast that you're on right now. So <laughs> check, check that out. <laughs> that's good. We like you as a guest. You're welcome back anytime. <laughs> Ada, can you talk a little bit about how many different countries are there teachers using this uh, Teach SDGs curriculum or, or these lessons in order to drive forward what they're doing in their, uh, in their schools? Well, according to the metrics for our Twitter account, we're in nearly every country on earth um, in terms of who, who follows us on Twitter. And that's more than 25,000 individuals um, at present. Um, we are the most engaged Twitter accounts um, in the world when it comes to getting the, the global goals um, into classrooms. Um, and, and, and part of that is, is a result of just the passion that our teachers have. Uh, for this mission to connect every classroom on earth to the goals as soon as possible. Our ambassador program has more than 100 individuals who, again, on a voluntary basis, are uh, committed to go above and beyond to even do things like present uh, PD sessions or to email their staff or to tweet uh, original tweets. Um, that's more than 100 in 43 countries um, as ambassadors. Um, and then we have our pledge takers, um, again, representing nearly every nation. Uh, more than 2,000 individuals have taken the, two, the Teach SDGs pledge, which simply states, you know, I, I will use these. And they've publicly pledged um, to do so. So it, it is broad, um, and it is, uh, we, we would say also, quite deep. It's just definitely reaching locations where teachers have the ability to not only connect with one another, but we we have students connect on a collective mission. We all can talk about water. We can all talk about gender equality. We can all talk about the importance of education. And if I'm having that same mission that somebody four or 14 or 20 different time zones away has that same mission, imagine the impact that it happens, not just in the global view, but in our own communities. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and I think one of, the, one of the things that makes this accessible to so many teachers is the fact that I, I think every teacher, if you asked, would agree that uh, sustainable development goal four, that every student deserves a quality education, is at the basis of all of the others, right? That's what we care about as teachers. And so if we, if we look at uh, education as a way of making the world better, it just meshes so nicely uh, into, uh, into the Teach SDGs movement. Absolutely. And SDG 4.7, when you drill down into the 169 targets, SDG 4.7 is about uh, global citizenship, um, which again can be a controversial concept in some places. And yet, you know, I believe that when there are issues in the world so severe that, that are, are causing calamities in, in nations um, that, that, that we just don't see in, in um, the wealthier regions of the world, you do need to know about them. We should care about them. Um, and when simple actions can make such extraordinary differences, then um, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Um, and so, absolutely. And with SDG4, you get Malala. You know? <laughs> right. and, and, and again, how in the world um, do we uh, allow students to, to go through their years and not meet Malala Yousafzai? Someone who can, can motivate any young students. You know, I, I actually at school sometimes run our, our in-school suspension program. And, you know, kids come down, the, you know, they're, they're a little frustrated, they're a little upset. 
and um, I often give them a, a, a little uh, booklet about Malala. I tell the story, and and every time, you know, these in some cases, you know, um, rough kids in an angry mood suddenly they're, wow, I never knew that story. I'm like, now you do, and she's amazing, and learn a little and learn some more later. It's a, it's an instant recognition of of power and courage. Uh, and, and broad thinking. Why in the world would we ever <laughs> miss out on Malala in our classes? SDG4. Okay, that alone has impacted my entire semester. The idea that we look at in-school suspension and create that as a learning opportunity to learn about other young people who are making a difference in the world, who have faced incredible odds, could be carrying a great deal of anger, but chose to channel that, that emotion to make a bigger impact on the planet. Uh, I would love to be a fly in that room the next time you hand one of those booklets <laughs> out. Like, I think we need a selfie or something where you could share that at the time. <laughs> and there, there are so many stories out there of, of resilient, extraordinary young people. Yeah, I, I do believe finding heroes that may even be the same age as our current students. Um, can, can change the way they look at school. And, and to be honest, some ways, you know, I think the, the not so subtle message is, you know, how dare you skip? How dare you skip so many classes? You know, when, when people are, 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 are being shot, just trying to, to, to go to school and, and make sure that others get to go to school. Well said. That's the best statement I would say that I've, I've heard in a long time to help students stop and reflect. And it is a gift that every child has to go to school. So well done, Ada, well done. Ada, I want to ask you about uh, your family life and how being a parent has impacted your involvement in this kind of work. Oh, <laughs> the, 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 the link to the, to the parenting world. Um, I, I've, I, I've been involved uh, in, in global work now um, since 2010. Um, when really uh, a coincidence led my World Issues students to start Skyping with peers in Uganda. And, and my kids um, were, were young and, and it was calling on me to do a, a fair amount of work as we expanded the project into later 60 schools across North America that, that linked with Uganda. It, it was one of the greatest adventures of my life. Um, but the greatest adventure of my life, <laughs> my family, um, my, my, my partner Marika and these three wonderful children. And every time I was giving those extra hours as a volunteer, I, I was thinking about my own kids and the world I want them to grow up in. And, and the same is true with, with the global goals and the kind of hopeful messaging. Um, I don't want them to fall into some of the traps that we have, so many of us, understandably fallen in because of the nature of our news or, you know, our doom-obsessed amygdalas in our brain that look to the negative and latch onto it as the true narrative. Um, I want my children to be full of hope. Um, so the, the, two, the two go hand in hand. I, just had my oldest daughter turn 12. Her central present was this uh, 
this magazine out of the UK called Team Breathe, which is just full of heroes from around the world who are doing extraordinary work and little fill in the blanks about what your dreams might be and little stories from around the world um, about you really, although it's not branded to the SDGs, it, it, it could be. And maybe that's Teach SDGs next phone call. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, we all want this for, for our kids. And if we don't do something active, if we don't present our own children with reality, pervasive darkness that we see even in the, the checkout line at our grocery store and the, and the, things that that stare all of us in the face or the news story you hear when you're at mcdonald's of, of murder and mayhem and terror if we don't fill that void these passive sources will fill them for us that's not acceptable to me as a parent or a human being that's a great answer ada last question and this is a question that we ask of all of our guests at the end of the podcast in one or two sentences how can we change education to create a better world <laughs> one or two sentences. As you can tell already, I, I struggled to speak with one or two sentences at a time. <laughs> I think our education systems uh, need to reach out into the broader world to find the stories that fuel hope because they are there. And if we are looking for the resources to accomplish these tasks, look no further than the sustainable development goals because they align to every curriculum at every grade level. Ada, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. I've learned so much uh, today in our chat and I'm sure that our listeners have as well. Uh, we would love to have you back uh, at, a, at another time to continue this conversation. Uh, I so appreciate this opportunity today. Our, our team uh, around the world are out there trying to tell these stories. I'm thankful for any opportunity and really good luck with this podcast. You two are extraordinary educators doing incredible things yourselves. Thank you for joining us today. Please visit our website at edforbetterworld.com. That's ed, E-D, the number four, betterworld.com for show notes and to learn more about inviting Mike and I to lead a workshop for your teachers. And don't forget to check the other podcast related goodies. We want to thank Ada McKim for being a guest on the show today. Credit for the music on the show belongs to Midair Machine. Join us next week when we discuss democratic education with one of the world's most interesting teachers, Sean Bellamy. I'm looking forward to it, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation and that it gave you some new ideas and perspectives. Through education and action, we can create a better world. Until we're together again, continue to dream big. And affect positive change.